What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? We got a big show for you this week. Sorcerer Chromatic is back, and we have a lot to talk about. First and foremost, we open up our beers. Of course, we got some delicious beers from California, and then we also get into what I finally named the besties. That are That is the Cold Brew Awards for the best name of the current Great American Beer Fest medal winners. And then, yeah, we, so we go through that. The honorable mentions, the two categories, the uh, original category and the pop culture reference category. And then after that, Sorcerer Chromatic takes us through Coach's Corner, our first installment. See how the uh, first year coaches did. Well, new with new teams anyway. Sean Payton isn't there. And, he's you know, Frank Reich's also been around for a while, but... Nevertheless, we go through all five coaches and then talk a little bit about maybe some others that might be fired this year. So we might be adding to the list maybe a little bit sooner than we thought. And then after that, we do rate our beers and we open a second beer each. We don't rate those. We just talk about them real quick and how fucking devastatingly wonderful they are. And then after that, we go into ah, the 49ers for a while. Actually, we for a little long while. It's kind of a long-winded segment. If you don't like the 49ers, you can fast-forward through that. If you want to get to the good stuff, Ahsoka, or if you don't like Ahsoka either, you could just end right there. But we'd like to for you to listen to the whole thing. Uh, we do talk about the season finale of Ahsoka on Disney+, Plus, that Star Wars series. I thought it was good. So it's chromatic, thought it was good. We break it down just a little bit, not as much as the Star Wars nerd channels, yet we still are fans of the show. And we have opinions. So yeah, it's a big, long show this week. Maybe listen to it, uh, you know, like on one and a half instead of one and a quarter. That way you can get through it, get through your busy schedule. So we really do appreciate all your downloads and listens and all your feedback. And yeah, so don't forget to follow us on, speaking of feedback, on Instagram. That's uh, the number one place you can uh, DM us. We will try to get some um, more content out there. Pretty soon, because we do have a special coming out, uh, Amanda Bear Lecter and I, we recorded a special Halloween-style episode, uh, uh, not a watch-along, but definitely we uh, saw some scary movies, and we talked about all of them, so uh, it's a series, of the fran- a franchise, well, that's, I'll just say that, a scary movie franchise, and that should come out a week before Halloween, so... Pay attention for that. That should be a lot of fun. And just like every Friday, we always come out with a brand new cold brew podcast. So without further ado, it's time for another cold brew. Coming at your pre-recorder from Cold Brew Studios, I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. Welcome back, man. Missed you last week. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough week for me. Unfortunately, I had to miss. Yeah, no no worries, no worries. Glad you're back. No, let's, uh, let's move forward. No time to make up during the week, so. Yeah. Here we are. Back and as good as ever. <laughs> well... Uh, yeah, can't get any worse. And even if we try. <laughs> All right, let's get the show on the road. All right, today I have in front of me from our good friends down in 
Ah, I blanked. Uh, Paso Robles, California. <laughs> From Firestone Walker. I have their A oak. friend you are. <laughs> right? Fairweather friend. Only every uh, June. Uh, Oktoberfest. Oaked Age Lager. This is 12 ounces at 5.2% alcohol by volume. And I don't have any write-up on it. But, uh, hey, it's a Oak Age Lager. It's their Oktoberfest. World-renowned. I'll look something up before, um, before after I get to my tasting. So, uh, without further ado, pop off. What do you got? Just like you, I actually uh, pulled the same beer. So, we're going to do a... A split evaluation. Would it be split evaluation or double evaluation? Double. Double. Because it's not like I, I do like the tasting and you do the color or something like that. That'd be split. Uh, I see. All right. So from the website, it's a seasonal Firestone Walker Classic. Oktoberfest. Oak aged lager is matured in oak barrels to deliver smooth, rich, and biscuity flavors available in the fall. Yeah. So that's all it is. It's just the hops. Our tradition, Spalter Select, the fermentation is stainless steel finished in French oak barrels. The malts are Wireman Pills, Vienna Mulch, Carahel, and Red. Our Oktoberfest is our oak-inspired homage to the great German tradition of Oktoberfest. We go the extra mile of maturing this beer in French oak barrels to create an amazingly smooth mouthfeel. The result is a classic German best beer with a hint of West Coast happiness. Grab your Stein, don your Lederhosen, and enjoy. Very nice. Sorry, I was uh, swallowing. I was tasting my beer while you were talking. And man, this is this is a great fucking beer. The write-up I got is a little bit different. The write-up I have says it is our... Sp- Spin on the traditional Maritzen style beer. Oktoberfest is brewed using caramel mops and traditional noble hops. After primary fermentation, this year's rendition was partially lagered in neutral oak barrels. This imparts the subtle French oak flavors while keeping the beer soft and balanced. And I do get some uh, um, oak flavors. It's very, uh, um, I don't know, it, it's really hard to explain unless you actually like chewed on a piece of wood before, like a toothpick or something. You got that, 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 uh, um, I mean, the best I could describe it is a wood flavor in, in the back of your um, the back of your mouth in, in the finish, like dry and uh, um, woody. I mean, that's that's a real like flavored um, vocabulary word, right? Woody. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I get that, and of course, up front is the caramel malts, sweet, um, and the hops really balance it out. Um, not bitter at all. Nice and smooth, and this is a this is a f- fucking fantastic beer, man. I haven't had Oktoberfest. I I can't remember the last time I had one, and so I'm re- really excited about this beer. Um, the fact that I drank it and then my first sip was phenomenal. That's why when uh, when you almost turned it over to me before you opened yours, I was like I was enjoying my my second sip. I was savoring it and trying to get all the uh, the flavors out of it. It's it's beautiful. Real quick, um, you said you don't remember the last time you had the, this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our listeners, is it because it's been a long time or because you got really tore back on it and don't remember the night? Because <laughs> it's been a, a few years, that's why. Oh, okay. Dang, I was hoping to hear a better story. But, oh well. <laughs> no, nothing yeah. nothing that great. Yeah, That's an old joke. I, I, I brought up on a 
shoot, I forgot where I was working, but yeah, an older gentleman said, I, I don't remember the last time I drank. And I go, crazy night, huh? You got all offended. <laughs> oh, shit. Only people get offended. Guys who, yeah, he like hasn't drank in 30 years. And hey, good, you know what? Good for him. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, not no joke for you because the opening was there. <laughs> Very nice. All right, so what do you think? You know, now that you mentioned it, I'm like trying to get the um, the the woody feel and kind of related. Like, does it taste like a toothpick or or a popsicle stick or you know <laughs> a tongue depressor? But yeah, um, you know, honestly, it it's a it's a great great offering of the 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 fest beer. You know, the the, the malt and forward. <laughs> I know the description says a little bit of hoppiness. It, it's very very subtle, if at all noticeable. Um, but yeah, you do get. The, the barrel aging notes for it for sure right yeah, yeah all right so we will rate this beer later during our untapped portion of the show so don't forget to follow us on untapped search cold brew podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back but right now it's time for the annual the third annual or fourth annual one one two fourth annual wow fourth annual uh cold brew great american beer fest best names we need to come up with the best. <laughs> we'll call them the besties. Being of best names. <laughs> Category that we're, we're, we're safe from winning. What's that? What's that? I said it's a category we're safe from winning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, terrible name. Terrible name for a podcast. All right. So like each year, uh, we th- in the years past, we've gone through all the winners of the Great American Beer Fest medals and combed through the names. There's a lot of good names. We can't give awards to all of them. And just uh, some of them that um, that make us that delight us, make us laugh or are, we think are clever. Uh, we'll go through the honorable mentions. First, there is... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen honorable mentions. Plus, we have uh, bronze, silver, and gold for the two categories. Two categories: original beer names and pop culture beer names. Now, a, a caveat: um, just because I think it's an original name, it could have a pop culture reference or some kind of uh, inside joke reference that I do not get. So, you know, apologize for that, but not really. I, I can give a shit. Um, all right, here's, here are the honorable mentions. Uh, the first one is comes to us from Villains Brewing Company out of Anaheim, California. They won a bronze for American-style lager, for the, and the name is Saca La Bolsita. You know, oh, hey. You know what that means? Yeah. All right, for the, yeah. <laughs> well, for those of you out there who don't speak Spanish or slang, it means uh, take out the cocaine. What? Yeah, literally, it means take out the bag, but yeah, mm-hmm. it means a. It's like it's, it's a drug reference for sure. Yep. All right, uh, next one. I just like I just like this name. It, I don't know where it comes from, but just chaos erupts. It's kind of like it's funny. If, if, <laughs> what I was thinking was like you talk about a situation and you used to add that tagline "chaos erupts." It just makes it like it's a a wild story, and that's from Unsung Brewing out of Tustin, California. They want a silver for that one. For the American-style Strong Pale Ale. Uh, the next one comes to us from Lockport, New York. The New York Beer Company won a silver in the classic Saison category for their Disco Elephant. 
Love that one. Um, next, uh, from our friends out in Half Moon Bay, California, Hop Dogma Brewing won the bronze. You might have heard us. Um, we talked about them on our last episode. We talked about the no, two episodes ago. Excuse me. Uh, they won for their coffee stout or porter. The venti is large. It's definitely a pop uh, culture reference. Uh, next, <laughs> I like this one. This is a a parody of a pop culture reference. Thunder from Dortmunder. Marble Brewing Mav Lab hey. out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, won a silver for their Dortmunder or German style Oktoberfest. Uh, next is Lost Winds Brewing Company out of San Clemente, California, won a gold for their fruited American sour ale for their Huckleberry Finn Sour. Now, Finn is spelled PH, as in PH, uh, the PH rating, um, PHIN, so Huckleberry Finn. And this next one comes from Brew Carré Brewing Company out of New Orleans, Louisiana. They won a bronze in the International Dark Lager for their Fleck Me? No. Fleck you. I remember you talking about Brewery, brewery uh, Carré Brewing Company. Shoot, you did a story uh, or a list about um, about different breweries ar- around the United States, and I remember you, you were having a you stumbled upon that uh, stumbled on that name because uh, they were out of New Orleans. I, I, that's what, but I could couldn't. I, I tried looking it up. I couldn't remember which episode it was or what beer list it was, but I remember that name. Next, is it the um? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Was it the uh, the best breweries next to NFL stadiums? You know that 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 could be it. Yes, I've totally forgot about that. That's probably yeah, that what sounds it was. familiar now too. The, the spelling looks familiar. Yeah, or the words look familiar. The letters, I don't know. You can't read it. <laughs> they all blend after a while, especially after a good night. Yes. Uh, let's see. Next on the honorable mentions uh, from Autumn Arch Beer Project out of Newark, Delaware. They won a gold for their Belgian-style sour ale called All the Love You Won't Forget. That's kind of a, um, I don't know, that 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 hits deep. Poetic. Yeah, poetic. There you go. Good. Very good. Uh, next, out of Stereo Brewing Company from Placentia, California, they won a silver for their oatmeal stout called Wall of Sound. You know where Wall of Sound is from? Yeah, it was the old uh, music, um, I guess, pro- production style. There you go, Would yeah. That be- yeah, by uh, um, Phil Spector. Okay, there you go. And then uh, didn't he kill someone, if I remember correctly? Anyway. Um, but, yeah, his wall of sound was definitely uh, something Ronnie and the, uh, and the Ronettes and then Bob Dylan used it. Anyway. Um, next. Honorable mention out of Eudora Brewing Company out of Dayton, Ohio, won a silver for the Bohemian style Pilsner for Daytonian Rhapsody. Got to give it up for that one. Daytonian Rhapsody. Yeah. Uh, two more honorable mentions from the Big Friendly out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. They won a gold for their Brett beer for Tapestry from an Asteroid. I just like that name. Very, very original. If it's not original, it's got to be from something, right? Possibly. I think I looked it up. You know what? Hold on a second. I looked it up, and I think it was from a song. Tapestry from an asteroid. Because I was like, I I kept looking stuff up to see. Yep, yep. It's a a song by Sun Ra. You can go on Bandcamp or YouTube. So they they must be a fan. 
All right, next and last of our honorable mentions before we get to the the actual awards, the medals. Neon Butterfly out of Deschutes Brewery and Public House from Portland, Oregon. They won a bronze for their Brett beer. Very good. I think they have variants of that one, too. Uh, interesting. Oh, yeah, maybe. I, I I don't get the shoots out here readily. Like, there's just like their, uh, you know, the Black Butte Porter, like their big hitters, their main uh, yeah. ones. But, yeah, um, I, I'm sure you get more than I do. All right, here we go. We're going to go with the first category, original beer names. Getting Winning bronze out of Denver, Colorado, the Emporium Brewing Company. Now, at the GABF, they want a bronze in the coffee beer category for their beer, Conditions of My Parole. I like yeah, that name. There you go. I like that name a lot. Uh, next, this is, this, this dude, this name could go either way. It could be like a positive thing or a negative thing. It could be a wholesome thing. It could be a, a, a dirty thing, kinky thing. Um, Cloudburst Brewing Company. Out of Seattle, Washington. Now at the GABF, they won a silver for their strong red ale, and they won a um, a silver here. Why did I write gold? <laughs> they won a silver here for their say hi to your dad for me. Whoa! <laughs> uh, you know, growing up in the '90s, you know, we always make crack mom jokes, and that sounds like a mom joke to me. But they switched it up and they threw dad in there, so you know, it could be a wholesome thing, could be a, a kinky thing, right? Yeah, either way. Either way, whatever you want to do. Depends on the context. All right, gold. The gold medal winner, the the cold brew gold medal winner for um, original beer names comes to us out of The Colony, Texas from Windmills Brewery and Restaurant. At the GABF, they won a silver in the wood and barrel-aged strong ale category for their black market liver. I like this Interesting. one. Yeah, I like this one because, you know, uh, you know, black market organs, that's kind of like a, a myth, right? Like an urban myth. People waking up in bathtubs full of ice and their kidney is missing or whatever. Uh, okay. That's what I thought. And then they went after liver because when you drink, it, you know, the liver is the one that filters all the alcohol from your system. So I, that, that's, I mean, I thought this one was very, I thought it was good because of all that. They won. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I saw a, a documentary on the, the um, overseas. Um, what's it called? Kidney trade, if you will, is uh, <laughs> yeah. disturbing to say the least. Is it real? Oh yeah. No, wow, that's crazy. Excuse me. People get swindled, man. Yeah, man. Waking up in bathtubs full of ice. Well, I don't know about that, but. All right. No, they 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 volunteer to donate a kidney, and they get a lot less that was told to them up front after the oh, surgery. Oh yeah, because now that they're done, it's like ah, eh, well, you know, the kidney's a little bit undersized, and <laughs> they talk them down. Oh yeah, but I mean, if you don't get all the money up front, then fuck, you know, you're probably gonna get fucked. So like, they they can't put it back. Yeah. yeah so. Anyway, yeah, I guess, you know, if people are hard up for money in different areas, you know, I guess selling a kidney is might seem uh, very uh, lucrative or very uh, adva ad advantageous at the time. Yeah. All right, let's move on. 
um, to our <laughs> bring, yeah. bring the show to a screeching halt. <laughs> oh shit! Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, pop culture beer names. This is these are beer names uh, grounded in pop culture. This is the bronze. Um, they won a bronze in the bot category. I'm talking about a Metazoa Brewing Company out of Indianapolis, Indiana. They won for their Ain't Afraid of No Goats. Ooh, nice one. I know. I liked it because, you know, very timely, October, you know, Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts. So, nice little uh, switch on that one. Very good. All right, Silver. Yeah, Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, Sorry. right. Silver and Gold, I was going back and forth on these. Like, it, it could have been either one. It depended on my mood at the time, but I went with this. I stayed with this. Silver, uh, for the pop culture beer names category goes to protagonist beer out of charlotte north carolina at the gabf they won a gold for their classic saison named cal l superman that's right there you go yes you're right you remember you remember his dad's name yeah yeah jor-el cal l is superman's uh kryptonian name for those of you out there who don't know and so yeah, I just like it was it was good. It was good. I liked it. And gold. This comes to our we're coming to our last medal in the cold brew. Uh what do we call it? The besties. The cold brew besties. <laughs> it goes to Balter Beer Works out of Knoxville, Tennessee. At the GABF, they won a gold. So they two golds for them. Good for them. They want a gold for their American wheat beer. I'm not a big wheat beer guy. You like you used to like wheat beer. Do you still like wheat beers? Uh, during the summer. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, it's a lighter beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's still. I did. I, you know, last last week uh, when I did my show on my own, I had a uh, an IPA that had wheat in it. It was a hazy IPA with wheat instead of uh, oak or oats. And I don't know. I did it. it I, ra- I rated it a little bit lower because of that. I, I didn't care for the wheat. The wh- wh- I don't know what it is, but maybe I'm glu- uh, what's it, what do they call it? Gluten intolerant? Probably. Anyway, all right, all right. I've vamped long enough. All right. You're uh, just intolerant. <laughs> all right. We don't tolerate intolerance around here. Uh, yeah, Balter Beer Works out of Knoxville, Tennessee at the JBF won a gold. They won a gold here. In the pop culture beer names category for their American wheat beer named Sunsphere. Now, do you do you know where this is from? I want to say I. As soon as you tell me, I'm gonna be oh yeah. All right, uh, right now, uh, I don't recall anything. All right, do you remember the Simpsons episode where Bart gets a driver's license and they rent a car and he and Nelson Milhouse and Martin drive to Knoxville, Tennessee to the, see the world's fair. Cause they wanted to see the okay, sun yes. sphere. I, okay. I, I, I know, I know the episode you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I didn't know he got a license in that. I thought he just kind of scammed his way to drive. So, okay. Oh, oh so, uh, yeah, they, they were supposed to go on spring break. Um, they, uh, <laughs> and this is how it started. Fucking Seymour Skinner was supposed to go on a uh, on a trip for spring break, but he booked his ticket on the wrong day, and so he announced everyone to it was like uh, go to work with your parents' day, 
and instead and Bart was all ready to stay home and do nothing but then Marge sent him with uh, Patty and Selma and so he was at the DMV and made himself a a fake ID a driver's license okay so yeah. they rented a car and they drove to Knoxville to the visit the World's Fair and they had the Sun Sphere at the World's Fair and but then when they got there there was no World's Fair and it was full of wigs the Sun Sphere and then they knocked it over and they wrecked their car and they couldn't get home um so all right there was a long convoluted way to saying the sun sphere is because balter beer works is from knoxville tennessee and i fucking loved it i was delighted that's why they won the gold <laughs> it's a great pop culture reference uh, like was the sun sphere a real thing though it might have been i think the the world's fair was in knoxville tennessee at one point but um it was just a tower with a with a big huge uh, globe on it, like a golden globe. Sphere, if you will. Mm-hmm. A sphere, you know, yes. the, and that, that's very Simpsony. The whole it's uh, like the redundant thing, you know. To me, whenever anyone mentions the sun, I always think it's round. You know, in my mind, you're talking about something that's round. <laughs> so you're calling the sun a sphere? Okay. <laughs> yeah, or the Earth globe. There you go. Oh yeah, there it is, right there. It is a real thing. The Sun Sphere is located at the World's Fair Park in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. It's 266 foot tall, a hex, hexagonal steel truss structure topped with a 75 foot diameter um, sphere. It looks for it looks like a big gold disco ball, basically on on top of a uh, a tower that looks like an amusement park ride, like uh, the drop zone type ride. So it's still there. The the Simpsons did not knock it down. Bart and the crew did not knock it down. So, yeah, so that, that that's why. I mean, it's in Knoxville. Of course, they probably named it after the Sun Sphere, but it was a Simpsons reference. That's why it won gold. Later. All right, now it's time for my favorite segment ever that you've ever come up with. My favorite bit that you've ever come up with. The Coach's Corner, two thousand twenty-three. The first quarter of the NFL season has ended, and we're going to see how the new coaches uh, did so far, are doing so far. Yes. All right. So, uh, like our gracious host, uh, (laughs) aforementioned, um, trying to use big words here. Yes. Um, What's it called? We have a... um, Report on the new NFL coaches this year. Now, there are only five this year. Um, we did review them, like, right when they got hired in the offseason. So it's been a while since we even talked about this. But yeah. to refresh your memory, um, the Arizona Cardinals have Jonathan Gannon, the Sean, uh, who came, came to uh, them as a defensive coordinator from Philadelphia. Uh, the Denver Broncos got Sean Payton, mm-hmm. who had uh, head coach experience um, with... The Saints, he actually won a Super Bowl. Yep. And is considered one of the, uh, what's it called? From the Parcells coaching tree, for mm. those of you who are deep into that. I forgot about that. Then uh, Frank Wright, uh, he's a retread, right? Because he was with, uh, who was he with? India, I think. 
Yeah, that's right. With Indianapolis. And but before he that, ended he was, up with, did, was he with Philly? Like the quarterback's right. coach or the assistant head coach, something like that? Or the OC? Right. right. So Frank Wright is with the Panthers now. Then the Houston Texans got D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Indianapolis Colts got Shane Steichen, who was the offense coordinator from Philly, too. So, um, yeah, Philadelphia, you know, they had some good success last year, last season. So uh, what happens? Their, their coordinators get coaching jobs. Mm-hmm. They get purloined by two other teams. There you go. All right. So going back, uh, Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon. For the first four weeks, he has got them at one in three with losses to Washington, uh, the New York Giants, and then they beat the Cowboys at home, and then they lost to the Niners. So, hey, right away, they started with their old rivals in the uh, NFC East, right? Yeah. Because Arizona used to be in the East Mm -hmm. as wacky as that was. St. Louis, yeah. Right, that's true. Um. So a little bit of a rough start. Um, anything consistency? They uh, they scored 16 points in three of their games and 28 <laughs> in another one. Well, you know they and and they actually look pretty decent. They look a lot better than I thought they were going to be, and they were actually in. I, I definitely agree. The, the hey, first shout out to what's his yeah. name? What's his name? Dobbs. Yep, Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. I mean, he, yeah, he just making a, the best out of a, an opportunity. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. I see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he was basically a, a a backup that everyone would pencil in as a backup when the year started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, contract alone dictates who should be starting quarterback for them, but that's not happening right now. <laughs> right. So hey, he's he's in and he's uh, letting it rip. Yeah, those first two losses were very close. I mean, four points and three points, you know, 2016, 31, 28. And they've been looking really good. And, and they probably should have been a little bit closer to... This, uh, their last game against San Francisco, but didn't Ur- Ertz dropped one in the end zone, right? And someone else did too. Like they they should have had one more touchdown. Should have been 35, 23, or twenty four. Mm. But Possibly. hey, yeah, but it's not. It wasn't. So <laughs> I'm glad. It, I'm glad it wasn't. Anyway. All right, let's move on. Next, uh, Sean Payton. Um, he. Uh, Stumbled other blocks a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. with losses to Las Vegas, Washington, and Miami. Um, actually, getting a, a very uh, talked about loss by a Miami. Oh yeah, being 70. on the wrong end of a seventy to twenty blowout. Mm-hmm. However, they righted the ship um, against Chicago and um, pulled out a win. Leaving them at one and three for the uh, last minute win too, right? I believe so. I'm trying to recall in my head. I, I don't. I don't know. If, yeah, because like uh, how much time left? Yeah, Chicago was going down, and I think they shoot. It was like it was like only a few minutes left, and and they kicked the. Uh, a field goal to tie and then Denver took it down and ah shit I forgot too damn I, all I know is uh, Chicago made the wrong choice whether they should have went for it or, or um, they settled for the tie but, but Denver grabbed it and took it down and scored at the end 
I fucked it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take all this out. Fuck this. All right, keep going. Um, next, Frank Wright with the Carolina Panthers. Um, he's starting 0-4 with losses to Atlanta, New Orleans, uh, at Seattle, and Minnesota. So, uh, Frank Wright off to a rough start, 0-4. Who's the quarterback again for Carolina? Uh, Bryce. Bryce Edwards, Bryce Dan, what's his name? The young guy, short dude. Hey. Bryce Young. Bryce Young, there it is. Okay. All right, so um, they got some uh, rough sledding ahead of them. Uh, go, although they have, have been scoring points, uh, being competitive, just not pulling out the wind. Yeah, well, in Seattle, I think Bryce Young went out and Andy Dalton came in and just started fucking. I think he threw like two or three hundred yards that game. Oh really? Yep. Hmm. See, I don't even pay attention. <laughs> okay. Um. Next team, Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, at this point, they are two and two. Yeah, lost to Baltimore, lost to Indy, win over Jacksonville, and win over Pittsburgh. Um. Well. Five hundred, right? Can't yeah, <laughs> and they're, and they're looking good. Fucking Stroud looks like a shoe in for Rookie of the Year. They're scoring points. They've scored uh, at least twenty five points in each of their games. Or no, they lost. Uh, they they when they lost the first game, they scored nine, and then they scored twenty. Then they scored thirty seven and thirty in their last two games. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that Stroud guy, he um, he he was on Pat McAfee this week and uh, gave a great interview and a real positive guy wants to you know wants to compete wants to do well so um you know he's in the league he's at that level he's showing he belongs um team under new coaching you know see how how they hold through but mm -hmm. two and two is a very respectable after four games oh yeah and finally shane steichen at the indianapolis colts he also is two and two um, he lost to Jacksonville, but then beat Houston, then beat Baltimore, but then lost to the Rams in overtime. Right. That ba that Baltimore game, they should have lost. Fucking the Baltimore just couldn't do anything in fourth quarter or overtime. They basically yeah, just said, "Here, that game was overtime." Yeah, you, you can you can you can have the game. Um, they should be one and three, but they're not. You know, they can't go back and change it. They are two and two, but I don't know. And they just uh, signed Jonathan Taylor, who's been holding out for four weeks. Like, what the fuck was the point of all that? Well, he did get some money. I don't know if you saw that contract. So no, I haven't seen the the, the I haven't seen the numbers. Was it? Do you think it was worth it? His holdout? I want to say yeah, because the average is going to be like twelve million a year, which is a little bit higher. Yeah, if, on the high end of the uh, running back. Yep scale so. yeah he's and he should be plugged in immediately so you'd think yeah oh man him and and richardson that's <laughs> that's gonna be tough man you have to play the box and then give the or richardson a chance to hit um who they have out there who they have out there Pittman, right at the number one yeah the yeah. Pittman. Pittman jr Pittman jr 
So yeah, I mean that that whole AFC South is 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 actually looking better than I thought. In fact, it's a little bit upside down. I thought the Texans and the Colts were gonna be um be all right. I thought Jackson was gonna run away. Uh, Jacksonville was gonna run away with it, but they don't look that great. Speaking of stumbling out the blocks, they look really really poor these first four weeks. So who knows what's going on there in the AFC uh, South? Yeah. <clears throat> It's uh, it's been what you called, what you, well, wild and unpredictable. Like yeah. you know, even going back to uh, to week one in the in the Aaron Rodgers injury after a series, right? Oh yeah, that's that's the East though. Let's say it's the East. No, I just meant NFL in general. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 changes the fortune of a bunch of teams. Him going down. All right, man. Um, great. So wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, real quick, just uh, throwing it up there. Do you uh, do you see anyone in the hot seat yet? Hmm. These guys, ah, man. Uh, Sean oh, Payton. not these guys. Oh. Just, not these guys. Just coaches in general. Hmm. Sure. Probably there was a name floated up. If um, probably Riverboat Ron. His name's been floated out a little bit, and then I've also heard uh, Stefanski. For, from Minnesota, they are way underperforming from last year. You mean uh, Stefanski from Cleveland, right? Oh, it's, oh no, oh that's right. Stefanski was in Minnesota and he went to Cleveland. Who the hell's the the Minnesota dude? Is it um, Williams? Oh yeah, Kevin that's right. O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell, that's right. I've heard his name floated out there, but I don't know. They, it's still early. He could they could write the ship if if anyone out of those. I think he could write the ship because he has the most talent on his team. Why? What? Yeah, what in fact, are... like, Kirk, well, well, Kirk Cousins has crazy stats, but no wins because of fumbles and stuff at the end. At the end of drives, I mean. Yeah, they're saying that doesn't go against Cousins, so he has like eleven touchdowns, but you know, not enough wins. Right. Yeah, and they, they were saying that um, it's kind of like uh, I've heard it floated out there that it's uh, kind of like the balance from last year when they won all those close games. Now they're losing all the close games, but it's still early. They, they could still write the ship. Out of all those names I named, I think uh, O'Connell could write the ship because he has the most talent on his on his squad. I see that. Um, how, about, how about you? Yeah, but going with that, I heard uh, I heard Iberflus. I heard if, if oh, Chicago yeah. lost on Thursday, uh, he might uh, have a, a shorter season than uh, he hoped for. <laughs> that um that was a pretty convincing win, though. That was <laughs> that was pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Now the 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 big ask, uh, do it again. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who they have next week, but yeah, it's uh, definitely. But they do play uh, a. They do have a pretty good um, schedule. I think on the back half, I, I think Carolina's in there, and there's one other name that I that I saw in there. I was like, oh, they might beat them too. Sorry. Oh, wait, well, that does it for this uh, segment of Coach's Corner. Very nice. All right. So we'll be back uh, around week 10, I think, because I think we go four weeks, then five weeks, and then four weeks, and then five weeks, because there's an 18-week season. Something like that. All right. How's your beard treating you, man? Mm, almost gone. Yeah, my, mine's uh, completely gone. We're going to rate our beers right now. During our untapped portion of the show. So let's see here. 
Oktoberfest. There it is. All right. What would you like to rate this beer at? Oh, geez. Honestly, I'd give it like a four. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. So, man. It's legit. It is. It is really good. It has an overall rating right now of 3.59. Uh, eight of our friends have rated it for an average of 3.91. Uh, Aztec 77 gave it a four uh, a few times. Uh, Mike P gave it a 4.25. John W gave it a 3.5. And Kyra Lynn gave it a 4.5. Jake J gave it a 3.5. And Eric Stump. Oh, shit. I haven't mentioned him in a while. He gave it a 3.75, but he. Uh, rated it back in 2016 so you know every year it's a little bit different and this year we're giving it a 4.0 so check in give it a four and what notes would you like to leave um these multi sweet and oaky perfect sweet and oak e save and check in all right before uh we start our next segment um i want to open another beer nice and just in time for halloween i have a pumpkin beer one of my favorites it is by Southern Tier Brewing Company, their Pumpkin Imperial Pumpkin Ale at 8.6 alcohol by volume. They are out of Lakewood, New York. Also, Parksburg, PA. stbcbeer.com. That's all on the label. All right. So, uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite ones because uh, it adds a little bit of vanilla, if I remember correctly. And I always like it every year. So I, I saw this. I had to get it. And I kind of want to drink it while we talk a little bit about uh, about football and, of course, uh, Ahsoka. All right. That, that was with my eagle cap off. You got another one? We do. <laughs> but staying with the same vein of uh, matching beers, I, too, have a beer from Southern Tier Brewing Company. I have their caramel pumpkin. Ooh, I didn't know they had one. Yeah, I think it just came out this year. So yeah, it's the the caramel variant of the beer you just described. So without any further ado, Papa or Kappa, Kappa. Damn, this one's so fucking good, man. <laughs> I really, I mean, the people love pumpkin beers. You know, some people do anyway. I. Not a big fan, but this this southern tier pumpkin is so good. Hold on, I gotta look it up real quick just to make sure. Yeah, um, pumpkin puree and spices, malty, bready, cinnamon dominates with nutmeg and vanilla in the background. See, there you go. That's the vanilla right there. Just makes it so fucking good. Oh my god, wow, this one's this one's phenomenal. Oh, I can only imagine. You get you get that base, but then you get a little bit of extra sweetness to it, and it's like, it's not like okay, I, okay, I get it. Caramel is is heated sugar, but it's it doesn't taste like they just put like caramel extract in it. It, it legit tastes like a, a a fine like dessert caramel, you know, like Werther's. 
even better. <laughs> I, I prefer the chewy caramel over the hard caramel. What about you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Ah, oh, God, this is so fucking... I got to look for that caramel one now. Holy shit. Anyway, for those of you out there who do not like pumpkin beers, give, you know, do yourself a favor and try the Southern Tier Pumpkin. Any of the variants. Fucking phenomenal. All right. A um, couple of things uh, before we get to Ahsoka. I do want to ask you about the... Uh, you went to the, the 49er Cardinals game. Was it a little bit more well-behaved <laughs> than, than, uh, than we saw? As far as what? Oh, you know, there's no fights in the stands or anything. Oh yeah, the the fights that happened uh, uh, week one were uh, were as uh, well. I didn't see anything. Right. Uh, I didn't see any game uh, thing at the game, or I didn't see anything on social media afterwards. So that's good. Uh, yeah, there's there's hope after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then we got the uh, the game coming up on Sunday night tomorrow night because we're recording this on Saturday. Tomorrow night against the the Cowboys. How are you feeling about it? Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think, uh, you know, this is one of those. It's kind of like, um, you know, in the college season when, when two ranked teams play each other early. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a good measuring stick for, for both teams and even the league, too. So, um, you know, it goes without saying <laughs> what result I want. So hoping for the best, you know, because nothing's given in this league. Nope. Let me start the cliches, right? <laughs> Any given Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dallas is a formidable opponent. Uh, we've been uh, lucky enough to have, and we talked about it too when we when we did the analysis of the, when the schedules came out. I even said, I'm like, ooh, they, it, they have a pretty favorable schedule in the beginning. And then we saw the Dallas and then it, it gets, it gets pretty hard from here here on out. So I was hoping we'd be undefeated. I was actually hoping Dallas would be undefeated by now. And you know it'd be a battle of four and O's. That'd be great. And then, but th- then Dallas stumbled in in Arizona, and they lost uh, Diggs, and that kind of sucks. But they did get a couple um, linemen back. The offensive line, their starting offensive line, is going to be the first game um, together. They're on their the depth chart starting lineup anyway. You know what I mean? So yeah, it it should be pretty good. I think uh, they they take away the outside pass, but the Kyle Shanahan likes the inside pass. And he knows how to game plan against Dan Quinn, who's the uh, DC over there. But uh, you know, I wouldn't. I am I'm confident we're gonna win, but you know, um, I'm glad it's only three and a half points. I, I might put some uh, money on the on the Niners to win, um, and maybe the uh, the over because the, the Niners defense even though they're really good they they're really um they're soft against the pass and that's what dallas likes to do yeah i mean well the whole league likes to pass so it's got a the the defense the niners defense um yeah you you see some uh questions in the secondary Mm -hmm. however you know if uh if if our d-line you know if if they're on their game they they could make up uh they could ease off a lot of mistakes or a lot of uh a lot of opportunities um, that, you know, take away a lot of opportunities, what I'm saying. Yeah. And how do you feel about the acquisition of Randall Gregory? Um, I I think it's cool that they did something. He, you know, he's a name. Um, I guess what sold me is more the deal 
It's not really uh, affecting the Niners as much as far as money. Right. So yeah. he's a name. He's got skill in the league. I mean, it's obviously he's going to be a, a, the passing situation outside linebacker. So, um, you know, unfortunately, he, he has had some uh, some injury history. However, this year he's, he played in all four games with Denver so far. So, um, you know, it's a long season. Stay healthy. Get acclimated. And, uh, yeah, maybe he could... Uh, be, be that key uh, closer because, um, you know, that that's that's one thing. Uh, I, I listen to that Michael Lombardi guy. He goes, you know, the, the quarterback's not going to win. Or you rather have a defensive uh, lineman win you a game in the fourth quarter with sacks than your quarterback having to come back and win the game for you, you know? Yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that. Uh, I don't I don't know how many snaps he's going to take in this game because he just got to the team and sure he's going to go in there at some point because he's still an athlete but um he should give some insight to the cowboys because he was on the cowboys the year before right you know that's another thing um like strategy wise too i i, I do like it because yeah there was a there was a um a chance that the cowboys could have got him back or even uh philadelphia i mean philadelphia mm. loves having a stacked d-line i mean <laughs> yeah yeah, especially you know, uh, if, if they're going to go all in, especially with uh, uh, an old rival, a team, uh, a team member right. of an old rival. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like I've heard it floated out there before. I keep saying floated. I keep using that term now um, that uh, this is kind of like they're the, the quarter, the quarter season Super Bowl. Just there you go. I like that. Yeah. And just like uh, in November, it's going to be there like they're the. The third quarter season Super Bowl when the 49ers take on the Eagles, and I think that's they got a little bit more chip on their shoulder for that one because um, during the you know the last few meetings with the Cowboys, the 49ers have won not not easily, but they still won. Um, so you know they against the Eagles, there's a little chip because of the the, the postseason. Uh, was it like 2016? It wasn't that 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 big of a, a victory. It was still a victory, but it wasn't that big. What team? The uh, the Niners Eagles. The the last the, year, the yeah, championship the, game. Yeah, the Brock Purdy game. Yeah, it was thirty-one to seven. Oh, it was thirty-one seven. Oh, okay. I thought it was closer than that for some reason. Man, dude, I don't remember scores and shit. I I knew we lost, and that's all that really I matters. I know. That's that's the worst part about it. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> so there, there's a, there's a, that one's a bigger like circle the the calendar um, game. It, it, even if the Niners lost, they're not going to go undefeated. So even if they lost this week, it's not the end of the season. I wouldn't be throwing in the towel. Just be like, "Fuck, we lost. Let's move on to next week." But with, with if the Cowboys lose, though, I think it, it has more pressure on the Cowboys to win this game than it is the 49ers. Because then they'll yeah. be. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just you know, because right away people would uh would take Philly to to be the favorites in the East. So yeah, so um. Already having a loss, having two losses, and um, you know it's already two games behind Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's two like games. To, yeah. And then if they lose once to Philly, I mean that's that's like losing a game and a half then already. So it's it's huge. Yeah. It, it stacks up real quick. Yeah. So this is a, this is a huge pressure game for them. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So yeah. Um. Super excited. Fucking this. <laughs> this season has just gone. It's just like you said, Ben. This season been kind of wild. I'm surprised the Niners have. Well, you know, I, I was hoping that they would do this well, and and everyone's uh, 
penciling them in. They're like the best team in the NFL. I, I don't like it, man. I'd rather be the underdog that come from behind, the one that you don't see. Like last year. Like <laughs> I remember when, when fucking Garoppolo went down. Me, you, and and, and Faust and, and LT were on a little group chat. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, there goes the season, right? <laughs> if you if you scroll back far enough, I was like I was like fuck, this is it, it's over, we're done, and like lo and behold, and then fucking Brock Purdy puts on this run that who knows like who would have predicted it, um, and now right. they call us the number one seed or the number one team in the league, a lot of power rankings anyway, do, and it's like fuck, I don't like it, I'd rather be behind and and be playing catch up. What do you? How do you feel? Yeah, it's kind of like um. <laughs> to go to go wire to wire is it, that that pressure that that right. style team is 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 it's it rare in the NFL. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. the, the, the good teams do hang around, and if they they pull pull out the championship, you're not surprised. But yeah, the whole wire to wire on top, you know, dominating every game that's that's super rare these days. Oh yeah, and, I mean, uh, you can go back as as just as recently as the Patriots won 2007 or eight. They went wire to wire, and then they lose the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. That's, so that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. you look at you know teams. I mean, even you know, in a sense, like um, not not last year, but the year before. You know, we started off uh, Owen, whatever. Um, even mm-hmm. lost to uh, you know, lost to Green Bay at home, but ended up just hitting our stride and making the playoffs and you know we went to dallas in one then we went to green bay in one i mean you know we, we were peaking at the right time it just fell apart in la i think you, you know what you just hit hit the nail on the head it was like it's the peak like we want to peak too soon are we going to peak like in the first like six weeks of the the season and then we just fall off the cliff because it can happen an injury or just like you know you know bio waves or whatever you want to call it just bad juju and then we just like drop a bunch of games to teams we should beat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's it's always a trap. I mean, mm-hmm. and yeah, like you said, going undefeated isn't a a, re- <laughs> a, a, re- a realistic goal, right? But you know, even uh, going uh, five and zero, oh, you know what five and zero oh teams got to do? Make the playoffs. No. <laughs> They got to get ready for their sixth game, right? I mean, it, <laughs> That's it, good. yeah, it, it's it's a long way to it's it's you know, the finish is nowhere in sight. So you know, yeah, it, it's a big game, but it's not the it's it's a uh, it's a good like I said, it's a good indicator, good litmus test, if you will, good like you know, pre uh, pre position playoff teams going at it. It's still a long way to go. Yeah, uh, out of the, and, the and, yeah. Oh wait, real quick, another cliche for you. Everyone wants to shoot Jesse James too, right? <laughs> so the longer you go undefeated, the bigger target you got on your back. That's right. The uh, um, who do you think uh, makes the uh, who who's Niners Eagles? Who goes undefeated the longest? Without oh, without looking at the, the schedule. Um. I would say Eagles. Are you just being like pessimistic or trying not to jinx the Niners, or you you just think they're a better team, or they have a easier schedule? Not that you looked at it. 
A little bit of both. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't want to jinx my team <laughs> saying that we're g- we're going to be sweeping everyone. Um, w- you know, off the top of my head, I I know in my pick I don't know who they play, but I know in my pickums league, I have them ranked high. Like that, they should they should pull out the win. Like so, just this week alone. I mean, uh, what you called? If I were a gambling man, I would uh, I would already have something on the Eagles. The Eagles have um, the Rams. Yeah, they'll beat the Rams. Ah, the Rams look frisky. They're, they have Eagles by four. Like, I would put Rams with the four, though. Give me the four. I think Eagles by, like, you know, three points, two points. Mm. We'll see. I mean, you know, the Rams are so pass-happy or pass-heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone is. Like, you, you know, you the whole cliche, if anyone's going to expose... Uh, the Eagles passing game is going to be there. No, it's, it's everyone because everyone passes, you know. Give me a team that runs and then let me see what they exploit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without knowing their schedule, like, you know, then this this just goes to playing the schedule game. Like, you know, looking at the week. Okay, week one is to win. Week two, we should win. Week three, uh, you know, with, with Philly, I mean, you know, to me, the, the, they're still the champs. I mean... I'm not going to start knocking them and saying they're they fell off, even though, um, you know, the the roster changed up, the coaches turned up. It's it's going to catch up with them. I, I'm not trying to be all psychological with it. I'm just saying, answer your question. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles were the team or were the last undefeated team. All right, so uh, here I go. Here we go. Um, so this week they have the Rams. Next week they have, next week they have the Jets. Which they're already favored by six and a half. I don't know how they they come up with the odds already. And then the following weekend they have the the uh, the Dolphins. Okay. So the uh, so that's going to be a like a circle the circle the calendar, see what the Dolphins are like in week was of seven. And then uh, let's see. Let's go back to the 49ers real quick. Hold on. Got to go back in my app. 49ers and so the 49ers have Dallas. Let's just say let's just let's just say they 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 beat the Dallas Cowboys this week. I'm not saying they will. I'm not I'm not already using pin on that. But then they have the Browns, which Browns are, are kind of frisky, man. <laughs> they're actually doing well. Um they're two and two. Easily could have been three and one. It depends if Deshaun Watson is gonna be playing. Then they have the Vikings. Then they have the Bengals. Man, the Bengals just look fucking bad. Vikings are, are have been losing. Then they have the Jags who look really bad. Then the Buccaneers who they're three and one, but it's a iffy three and one. Then the Seahawks, and then they have of course the Eagles. And I said November, but the, it's December third. That's the one to, to circle. Yeah, that's a little gauntlet right there because we have Seattle on a short week, but then but that means we get a long week for Philly. And then yeah. we got Seattle again. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, a Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, shoot. Even if we drop two of the last or two of the next five games, you know, we're we're still looking at um, by that time we'll be shoot one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We'll be seven and two. It's still looking good. Seven and two going into the Eagles. Well, what about um? Uh, Philly and Dallas. When, when do they match up for the first time? Oh, that's and the last one. time. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me. 
I, uh, it's, um, see, right now they have the Rams, four, five, six, seven. Week eight, they, they host the, the Cowboys. Okay. And right now the ESPN app, uh, I think they go by Caesars, uh, has them uh, three-point favorites over the Cowboys right now. And then again in, where is it? Uh, week 13, uh, Sunday, uh, December 10th. They're at the Cowboys. Okay. So, yeah. what, what week is that? Though? Um, I think it's these. See, eighteenth, seventeenth, sixteenth, fifteenth, fourteenth, fourteenth week. So they play week eight and week fourteen. All right, mm-hmm. that's some spacing. Because I'm even like considering that way, like you know, like I brought up us, us against Seattle. Uh, those two games are more. Of course, two games are more important than one, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's just like they're so close, you know, mm-hmm. in, in reality. So it's two weeks apart. It just, uh, yeah, just something to consider. Where you know, you see a team week eight. You know, regardless of how, what happens, no excuses. But you know, both sides could be different if. Uh, enough time passes you know yep yeah and uh like the old saying goes uh familiarity breeds contempt and when they're that close it just it makes the those in-game fights a little bit more um memorable because if you have like five or six weeks in between maybe you you know ah, you know fuck it you know i kind of forget about that and you know it's a fresh new game but if it was just last week or two weeks ago it's like ah that motherfucker chipped me and, and they didn't get called Right. And the cheap shot artist over there. <laughs> There's a lot of those in the league, man. Nice. All right, uh, let's get to our next segment. You ready? Did you watch? I uh, I talked about uh, part seven last week. Um, real quick, let's let's get your your assessment for part seven of Ahsoka. That was the. Um, hold on, I have the uh, title right here. I do not. I, shit, I don't have the title. <laughs> I didn't write it down. I usually write the title down. What the hell's wrong with me? Uh, that was the one where. Um, oh yeah, that that was the one where Ahsoka finally uh, arrives in Peridia or whatever it's called. Yeah, she finally arrives, and yeah, then um, let's see. She goes down to the surface. Mm-hmm. The the two. I know they're not Sith or the Dark Jedi's, whatever. Yeah. The old man leaves, and the the girl goes after Sabine, and uh, Bridger. Yep. Um. What you called? I thought that was just an excuse for Bridger not to kill her. That she he doesn't use a lightsaber no more. It's kind of like <laughs> I I expected uh, Bridger to be stronger. Long story short, although he did pull out some some cool tricks, and then. He ended up shooting people with the gun, which is kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if you're not gonna get this lightsaber, why you use a fucking gun? It's like it, it was that it's that old um, Obi Wan from the first one, like uh, uncivilized. Yeah. Like, um. Same with uh, was well, even same with uh, Ahsoka that you know her with her two swords, she couldn't beat that that Balin guy Balin with one. Man. It's like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. He's good and formidable, but he's not that. He's not that good, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he's uh, experienced. He's, he's right. more long in the tooth. 
Right, but since then, like, you know, Ahsoka's fought, I mean, she's fought Vader, she's fought, she's mm-hmm. fought Darth Maul, I mean, she's, she's fought some real talented, you know, guys with the lightsaber, so. And lived. It's just interesting. Yeah, you know, the, the one overriding factor, uh, and I, I mentioned on the last episode is, man, Sabine was such a fucking asshole to, to Bridger the whole fucking time as far as, like, he kept asking, like, how'd you get here? How are we getting back? And she'd be like, oh, keep, ask me later. Ask me later. What a horrible friend she's, she was. She's terrible all last episode. And she's, even this episode was kind of lame. Yeah, th- that's what they said, like, the, the, the little tension, like some of the nerd channels, a little tension with them is, is awkward. Like, if they're going to do the love story, start the love story. If they're going to start some rivalry, uh, be a little bit more uh, direct with it. But this mm-hmm. just seems on the, like on the fence. It's weird. Yeah. And then at the at the end, when that was like a true like, hey, how you doing? When Ahsoka finally saw Ezra, that that's what I thought Sabine was going to do. It, it's just weird. I think she doesn't know what she feels. All right, let's move on to part eight, though. The last uh, episode in the season. It's called The Witch, The Jedi, and The Warlord, which, I mean, I mean, we all grew up knowing the, the Chronicles of Narnia, the the Witch, the Lion, and the Wardrobe. It, it fucking, <laughs> like, it's almost like smacking us over the face with it. All right, here's what here. Yeah, here are my notes. Here are my notes for episode eight. Uh, Thrawn's uh, transfer is complete. You know all the, all of his supplies onto the onto the Death Star or the I'm sorry the uh, um, Star Destroyer, right? Is that a Star Destroyer? Yeah, it's a Star Destroyer. But people okay. think it's um it's it's the witches of Dathomir, the 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 bodies of the of the sisters. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. It looked like to me, it looked like the the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, they look like little coffins. They didn't look like the With lights on them. The traditional imperial, uh, you know, munitions or artillery cases or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. You know, and and that's where they're going. I mean, we we figure out at, by the end. You know, spoiler alert. Uh, they, they're on their way to da- back to Dathomir. Uh, so yeah, you could be right. Uh, see, so um, he sends uh, two Tie Fighters out to find and destroy the Jedi. And Jedi, I mean plural. It mean you know like Sabine, Ahsoka, and Ezra. Um, the witches, uh, <laughs> I, I wrote the, the witches jump in, um, Morgan into the click. They, they, they even give her a plaque on her face and everything, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and jump her in. <laughs> right into the coven. <laughs> and, uh, then they give her a sword, uh, which, which they call the gift of shadows, but the sword is called, um, blade of Talzin. Which has to do with an old witch uh, of Talzin. Uh, let's see. Right, that's uh, she's she's the one that revived uh, Darth Maul in the whole uh, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels mm. uh, stories. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, see, uh, Ezra builds uh, a new third saber, which is his, his third lightsaber, because he had his first one uh, that he. He, that's the one he gave to Sabine. Then he had a second one, and he lost it or he got destroyed or something like that. And so he had his third one. Um, I was yeah, watching those um, nerd channels, and they're like, quick. "Where do you get the cyber, the kyber crystal from?" Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> Ezra's first um, lightsaber was the combo. It was a lightsaber with the blaster to it. That was his training <laughs> lightsaber. Okay. So yeah, then his second one is the one that Sabine has, and then he yeah, he made a third. Yeah, that's a question. Um, 
even though um that what what's that robot's name? Hu Yang. Hu Yang. Um, Hu Hu Yang is, is that robot um helps the, the young Jedi. Well, back when they were existed, uh, was in charge of the lightsaber making. So that's why he had all that accessories and stuff in his ship. That's that's his that's his bag. Now, just to give away a crystal like that, though, that it could happen, but they didn't make it known that, like, yeah, it, it made it seem like they're, they're just laying around. Right. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, like the the Jedi who creates or who builds the the lightsaber has to have a connection with that particular kyber crystal. Right. All right. Um. Let's see. Uh, then Hu Yang tells Ezra about uh, Mandalore because he was gone the whole time. He didn't know. I guess he didn't know Mandalore was destroyed and Sabine lost everything. Um, and why Sabine and how they fell off because because of the destruction of Mandalore, Ahsoka thought Sabine might use or might um, have too many quote feelings because Jedi aren't, aren't supposed to have uh, emotional feelings. And become uh, destructive, and so that's the reason why they're they have they they drifted apart to begin with. Okay. Uh, let's see here, and then uh, next scene: Tie Fighter attacks the convoy, um, which is the, uh, you know, the um, Ahsoka ship with all the little roly polies with the mutant ninja turtles uh, underneath. Um, Where. And then Sabine destroys the ship, but with with Ahsoka's ship, she just like destroys both Tie Fighters by winging them with the ship. But then it also takes out the ship, and she's like, "Oh, I got it done." I'm like, "Oh, you fucking asshole!" Um, and then uh, Thrawn, after they they reported to Thrawn that you know they they monitored the ship went down and they couldn't no longer hear from it. Um, Thrawn's like, "I'm not going to take any chances." Uh, you know, send a ground, send a ground assault to make sure they're they're done and take them out. Um, but at that time, uh, Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine, they ride on their howlers um, to the destroyer. They avoid all sorts of uh, attacks and and artillery fire, and they make it inside of the tower, and they take on a a, a platoon of coon, of clone troopers and take them all out. They're done. But then the witches perform the little magic and they bring them back to life. And now they're fucking zo zombie clone troopers. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, like, really? We're, we're going with zombies? Like, in this? In Star Wars, they got zombies now? That's been done before in clone troopers, though. Oh, okay. See, I, yeah, I didn't watch uh, Clone yeah. Wars. That's your Clone Wars. Yeah. Um... You know, going back to um, you know what I don't like about Thrawn hmm. is, you know, he's a, a strategist, which like it it works if the Empire was still around, and it, it, I guess it works with him trying to reestablish the Empire. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work for me for a Star Wars bad guy because, in theory, he, he can't fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if if Ezra Bridger saw him again, he, he could just kill. Him, right. Well, they would probably write around like why he, he's not gonna come, but like he would just kill him. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have a lightsaber. I mean, he, I'm I'm sure he could shoot, but you can't shoot really shoot a Jedi. That you know what I mean? It's you know like what? We, yeah. Even though he's final boss, 
he's he's not the fine like you're better off just blowing up his ship or you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah and he he really isn't the final boss he's a general and it's almost like or an admiral excuse me which is equivalent to an army general but it reminds me of Hera Hera's a general and she's in there fighting so yeah that's a good point he's a good mind oh so, I mean yeah yeah like so you know he's like okay let's assume she's alive like going for okay you see his thinking and i hear in in the actual novels where he was created and stuff there's a, a lot more cool tactical stuff but because he's got a full armada with under his control versus mm -hmm. just this little you know fire team mission and stuff like that you know what i mean yep like and then like saying oh the two tie fighter lost is acceptable because we got what we needed done and all this stuff it's like ah, get over yourself yeah. Put a lightsaber oh. through his throat. Get it over. Yeah, and you know what? And and it's funny you say that because in the next scene, Thrawn asks uh, Morgan to give him some more time, and pretty much Morgan knows what he's talking about. Is like, hey, go and face off, and pretty much I'm leaving you here to so you go take them on so I can get out of here. Yeah. Um. Soka tells Ezra and Sabine to go ahead while she takes on Morgan. Um, and there, there was some really good... The the Morgan-Ahsoka uh, sword fighting scenes, the saber fighting scenes, fucking great, man. Probably the best in the whole series so far. You know, yeah, that was that was just some good uh, choreography and fighting. I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah better better than, than Ahsoka and Balin. I, I thought that was going to be good. And, uh, you know, real quick... Um, Maybe I maybe I should have saved this to the end, but you know the guy who played Balin, he passed away, right? He's not going to be in the series anymore. Right? Yeah, a lot of people are scratching their head, like, that what's sucks. that going to mean for? Yeah, because he was good, man. I really liked him a lot. Fucking a. Um, see here, Ezra and Sabine, they uh, they had to take on two assassin droids, and finally, finally, Sabine was able to use uh, the Force and and. Was it forced pull and grab her lightsaber and, and kill the, one of the assassin droids? So they waited till the very I, final seat. It's almost predictable if you really think about it. And then, uh, let's see here. Um, oh, then they uh, the ship is starting to take off and Ezra and Sabine um, realize that they're too far away. And so they come up with the plan where Ezra is going to use force jump and Sabine's going to use force push. To get him up to the ship and then she was going to use force jump and he was going to use force pull to get her in didn't really work out the way they planned ended up uh, um ezra made the ship and sabine actually went back to help ahsoka uh, fight off uh, morgan and the rest of the troops that were watching him because morgan and ahsoka they do a little while and again Great fucking choreography, man. Great sword choreography. Jesus Christ. Uh, the clone troopers watch in like a crowd. It's almost like uh, they're at a disco and they're watching uh, two dancers face off in the round. Um, Sabine comes in, uses uh, her weak... You know, she comes in and she starts using her, like, her lightsaber against the clone troopers. It just looks so bad compared to what we just watched, be witnessed between uh, Morgan and Ahsoka. Her her sword play is just terrible but maybe it's on purpose because she's still learning um, yeah I, I know she's learning but yeah you, you still consider it's, it's, it's she's a mandalorian she's uh she's a warrior right mm -hmm. she should be 
Should be good, yeah. You know, coordinated. I mean, she might not know the the uh, the forms and stuff, but she's she should have some 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 skill. Yeah, she should be an athlete. There you go. Um, coordinated. And then as Ahsoka and Morgan keep going on, and then Ahsoka does a brilliant move where she takes Morgan's sword and then uses her remaining lightsaber because Morgan uh, um, destroyed one of her lightsabers during the, the battle, the, during the fight, the sword fight. Anyway, she takes Morgan's blade away from her and then kills Morgan with the, uh, um, what's it called? The blade of Star Wars or some shit? The blade of Talzin and her Talzin. lightsaber and and kills Morgan. I thought that was what a <laughs> it looks it looked cool to me anyway. Uh, let's see here, and then Thrawn open uh, it says open fire, and the star destroyers start shooting the tower that they're both on, you know, basically to take it out. Um, but of course, our heroes survive. Um, then uh, Ahsoka catches up with Sion in her ship. Um, Thrawn uh, teases Ahsoka. He's like, "Oh, you know, oh, too bad. You know, I won this time." I thought you were going to be formidable like your uh, former master, Anakin. Even though we never met, I knew him. Um, then he was like, ah, you know, jump to hyperspace. Pew, takes off. And then uh, now this, these final scenes, there's a bunch of different scenes, but it's kind of like uh, it reminded me of the end of Animal House. Like when, you know, they show like a, a character and then at the on the bottom, like what happened to him. <laughs> it reminded me of that because yeah. they went to all the characters and it was like, oh, this is how they end this episode or this season. Um, Ahsoka, Ahsoka uh, Sabine, and Hu Yang, um, they go back to the uh, the Hoti. That's the name. I keep calling them Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they're they're called the Hoti. They go the, back to the Hoti clan, and uh, Shin finds the Bandit clan, so she goes and joins with them. Uh, Balin finds a statue's hand, and then that's it. Like. Like we don't know what happens to him. Obviously, uh, the actor dies, so I guess he's done. They don't really show what happened to him. Um, yeah. So um, going back to um, shoot, I'm gonna say it right. It's like the Morai or the Mortai or something like that. That was um, that was what what that Balin guy found. It was the 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 statue of the father, and they believe it was the uh, son next to him. Uh, okay, now yeah. the daughter was missing. But the daughter goes with that story when, um, oh, the three, yes, what, yeah, the the Clone Wars story, where um, the daughter, or Ahsoka temporarily was was dead, and the daughter brought her back to life, and then that's why she got the little owl with her. Yeah, the, the life Morty. force. Yeah, yeah, and then um, Anakin either killed the the son or the father, or killed everyone or something like that, but because he was the like. It really exposed him as the chosen one, which is like, it, it, I don't know if it was a two-part episode or a one-part, but it was, it was super unique in the whole Clone Wars, uh, you know, uh, arc for everyone. It, it was really, all, all the like the the whole Force stuff really was was brought forward in this. I remember it because it was so unique and different. So, yeah, in this other galaxy, the 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 three beings are that's the thing that the third statue was missing or carving was missing or destroyed uh it existed there. over there yeah. too so yeah um so yeah i just uh i thought that was kind of cool but at the same time it made me like realize like ah we're not gonna see this guy again fucking sucks um 
And then we see the the Eye of Sion with the Thrawn and the and the Star Destroyer, and they reach Dathomir. Um, then we see, I don't know how I know they showed when when Ezra made it to the the ship, and he killed a bunch of people, and then he took the uh, the comlink, and you know he said, oh yeah, five seven five seven or whatever, you know everything's good. We're good. and obviously he took the the uniform, put it on, you know, kind of like uh, uh, Luke did. I mean, hold on. Let me go back real quick. When when he did the the whole force jump and force push by Sabine, they played the the force theme, the 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 the, the Star Wars theme. I thought it was fucking great. Give me the the feels. Um. So you know, go, going back to that, uh, Ezra put on the the clone troopers a uniform, and then I guess he took a, a shuttle, a Tidarian style shuttle. They didn't even show that. All, all we saw was a Tidarian style shuttle. Go into the uh, the Republic um, spaceship, and they all surrounded him. And then uh, Chopper or whatever that the little R two unit's name was goes up to him, and then he takes off his helmet and and says hi to Hera. And uh, yeah, and uh, then we see Sabine and Ahsoka with the uh, the Hoti, and they think they see something, but they don't. And then we see Anakin. Uh, watching him as a force ghost, and that's it. That's how the the fucking the, the season ends. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Even though they they, I didn't say they tied up stuff. They addressed stuff to right to set up, you know, like cliffhanger. And then, like you know, if for a reason this show's not picked up, at least maybe I don't know more comics and novels could be written or something i don't know but i i know it's leading to supposedly the um the first of the three uh thrawn books but they already switched up a lot of stuff so it's mm-hmm. gonna be interesting i know that they have uh, um i don't i don't know how, if they're gonna try to tie it in but i i think they're gonna do one more season of andor and, th- and that one's done um and then i thought they were gonna do two more seasons of ahsoka but i i could be wrong it all depends i mean when when Disney did the the whole C- CEO change when Iger came back, he kind of like co- put the kibosh on on a on a few of the projects. So I don't know what, where they stand right now. But I hope right. they. So there's supposed to be supposed to be um, a skeleton crew, uh, one which is kind of uh, that um, that big purple guy that was at the end of Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah, he was in uh, he was in yeah. the Clone Wars, right? No, he's in Rogues. Rogue, okay. He, he, yeah, he was part of uh, Hera's crew. Um, supposedly him oh, and a Rebels. few other people. Rebels. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Rogues. <laughs> <laughs> um, long story short, yeah, he's supposed to be featured in this. I, I don't know. They're obviously um, with the rebellion, what they're doing, or, or what time they're in. I, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what what their their uh, story arc is going to be. All right. Very cool. I thought this was a this was a good um, this is a good series. Better than Boba. Um, not as not as fun as Mandalorian, and at least it was still in the Skywalker saga because Andor was not. But Andor was really good, man. I think you really, you really should go back and, and watch it. I'm gonna try. Okay. Yeah, I know it's tough. I know you you got a lot of things to watch and do and and kids to. Um, tend after but yeah that that one was really good 
So I'm told. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Um, yeah, glad to have you back. Is there anything else you'd like to add to this episode of Cold Brew Podcast? No, no. Go Niners. <laughs> All right. Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next time. We raise the ball and we put it in your ear no matter who you are. Worse come the worse, my peoples come first. Worse come the worse, my peoples come first. My peoples come first.